Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, welcome to To Be A Terrier, Stephen Chicken here, joined by David Hartrick. Dave, I'm giving you a tub of th- heroes, tub of celebrations, tub of quality street, and a tub of roses. You're allowed to pick two sweets, what are you having? Well, being highly gluten intolerant, there's so many of that are ruled out to me now, In the, particularly in the heroes range. Can't have any Dinky Deckers anymore, and they used to be my favourite, used to love a Dinky Decker. So, obviously I'm taking a whisper, obviously I'm taking yeah, a whisper. Yeah, 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 that's a given. That's a given. Uh, but then I think I probably have to take a green triangle from Quality Street. Love okay. it. Love a green triangle. Strawberry queen, cream from the Quality Street and a Galaxy Caramel for me, please. Oh, nice. So, uh, if they still did the Galaxy Truffles, why did they get rid of the best one? Idiots. Huddersfield Town have beaten Bristol City uh, 3-2. It was a, a very entertaining game. I, I watched it from home. Uh, I've, I've I've got a bout of COVID, although as you can hear, I'm absolutely fine now. I've had a few days of feeling a bit tired, but thankfully uh, avoided the worst of it, which is which is positive. Um, but uh, man, I watched it on on you know on a stream for journalists rather than on uh, at the ground, and started out as a bit of a nightmare and turned into a really good day for Dusseld Town in the end. Yeah, they should try going behind more often. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, absolutely. That's what I messaged uh, messaged a couple of people saying that. Genuinely, I think it might have actually suited them, to be honest. Um, it was a poor way to go behind. Levi Carwell made uh, made two mistakes, really. Letting that, that ball bounce, I thought, was yeah. a strange decision and, and not the kind of thing I would have expected from him. You know, normally he's really, really strong in the air and really good with, with those uh, facing up. And he obviously just misjudged it. And then the second error that he, he did to compound it is something we have seen from him a bit before this season where he tries to dribble the ball gets away from him and then he throws himself in to try and yeah. win the ball he's picked up a few bookings doing that earlier this season and this time it was uh he didn't get the ball and it ended up with with bristol city robbing it and, and scoring and then four minutes later danny ward is the fifth town player in a <laughs> row different player to step up to a penalty spot and fail to score so first six minutes you're sitting there going oh this isn't going to be their day is it and then from there on in I thought you know apart from sort of the first two minutes and the last two minutes and the penalty Town really didn't put a foot wrong they were much much better yeah I, I didn't actually think it was that bad a penalty either I think the height uh, as the saying goes it was a good height for the goalkeeper but if you look it was well into the corner it was actually a really really good save really really good save but yeah you had that sinking feeling but what going a goal behind did and I think particularly after some recent performances I think they've they felt the criticism recently yeah, they felt yeah. a little bit stung into action by that early goal which was good to see because I mean how many times have we have we been on this podcast and talked about not playing with any sort of adrenaline or sort of verve and they really did sort of get themselves going and I thought oh, Sorba Thomas was was back in form and 
I think when Sorba Thomas is back in form, it gives another dimension to that town attack. And yeah, they really stepped it up from that point. And I thought, I thought from the moment he missed his pen, really until the end, I thought Danny Ward was brilliant as well. I thought he yeah, was yeah. he was absolutely superb on the day. So yeah, it was it was a it was a good performance in the end. It was a very very good performance. But yeah, it is a shame that Town always need something to sort of spur them into life to get them going um you know but such is life yeah i thought all of the front seven did well and we we had a lot of criticism criticism for them recently especially after coventry where it was not just the coventry game itself but just like as we talked about last week just a compounding of multiple months of frustrations about the attack but i thought they they were yeah just in every department just a lot better it's worth saying bristol city were, were really poor really porous they they i mean i think i messaged you at hard time saying they've done or even before the goal I think it was before Town equalised saying that they've done what Town did against Coventry last week they've gone ahead and then they've, they've you know uh, carked themselves and, and dropped back and, and Town were, were all over them and the, the patterns were really good the wing backs uh, both wing backs you mentioned Sober Thomas Harry Toffler as well worth uh, a mention got the assist for, for Dwayne Holmes's equaliser second assist in a row two games in a row Toffler's got an assist uh, with a similar kind of pass as well um, finding a man just sort of in in the day or around the day uh, on the edge of the penalty box and uh, I thought you know one of our big criticisms of town this season is that their attacking players particularly sort of the front line have been very inconsistent but I thought it was a day where Danel Sonani had a good game Dwayne Holmes had a good game Sorba Thomas had a good game Harry you know they all had a good game at once and I think all of that front seven contributed to the the goals in some way uh, or, or you know contributed substantially to the action because Danny Ward got a goal and an assist Dwayne Holmes got a goal. Um, Danel Sonani got a goal. Had the pre-assist for Toffolo, who got an assist himself. Scott High, we miss. I missed it on the replay, so I didn't give him proper credit for this in the play ratings. But it was a lovely ball for Sorba Thomas uh, to on the way to the third goal. He found Thomas with a beautiful ball over the top, just curled it sort of from inside his own half to just inside the Bristol City half, and Sorba raced onto it and sort of they, they got the goal from there. You know, all of the Dwayne, Dwayne Holmes got his goal. All of the front seven had some contribution to a goal and how long is it since we last said that I don't think we've said it at all this season no it's it's a long time and I think that I'd like to see that they take a lot from that performance they've got Blackpool at home which is let's be honest is a very nice fixture to bounce off a win into that you know that might be one where they all contributed actually yeah <laughs> that might be the only other one they Blackpool away. you know that's that's a game where you can look at and you can get on the front foot from the off so yeah I, I thought I thought Holmes played slightly differently and I really enjoyed his goal that little Skulls mm. Skulls-esque late run um, that just basically the defence just parted because nobody knew who was supposed to be picking him up because he had timed his run from slightly deeper perfectly um, and I thought that was an excellent goal I thought it was a lovely finish I thought Sinani's was a was a goal we haven't seen from him you know we know he can do the tap-ins and get into the right areas but pulling off like that is man and and going across the keeper I thought that was a really good finish and to be frank we need to see a bit more of that from him 
And then like, waited for the defender to commit didn't yeah. he, as well. Like just he, he made sure that the defender got across him so that he could throw mm-hmm. him a dummy before he finished it. I thought that was really smart. And it's it's not an, a position he's in often that he he tends to come in a he tends to come in off the other side more often than not. But b he's yeah. he's not always at the edge of the box on the overlap like that. So I thought that was something you want to see more of. And then I was just really pleased for Danny Ward to get his goal because. I, I just thought, as I said, from the moment he missed that pen, he really... I think he's played really well recently. And he he's it's difficult to praise a striker if he doesn't score in the game because a lot of people just say, well, you know, he's not done his job. But I think he's been playing pretty well even when others around him haven't been. And I thought on... I thought on Saturday, I don't think there were many championships defenders that would have liked 90 minutes against that Danny Ward because he was he was harrying and pushing and getting into areas and he was dragging them left and right and he was tying them up physically, he was pressing them. And that it was just really good to see. He doesn't always get rewarded with his goal. And I was just really, really pleased that he did manage to get his goal. And it was nice to see him get like a proper poachers one as well. Mm. You know, pop up on the end of that deflection and, and get the header. He's had two of them this season, those poachers goals, and they were both disallowed. The one at Bournemouth and where was the other one? Uh, was it Cardiff? Peterborough. I can't remember. Peterborough, that's right. Yeah, yeah Peterborough. So um, I knew it had blue seats. So... Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, when I, I did a bit, a bit of a piece that none of you have read about Danny Ward on uh, on Monday afternoon, just a bit of praise for him because I mean, when you look at the the one of the stats I sort of keep an eye on, and I I try not to sort of make too much play of these numbers because for all kinds of reasons they are they can be deceptive, but it's the how many how frequently do they score and concede when different players are on or off the pitch, and you know with with Danny Ward on the pitch, Town's goal difference is plus nine and without him on the pitch it's minus eight uh he's the best player he has the best impact on the team both in attack and defensively on the numbers and i think you need to be as i say you need to be careful how you interpret that because he often goes off with 20 minutes to go we know that town have a tendency to uh lose leads late on or to to concede late on in games recently so you know he he sort of is staying clear of that and i think you could probably argue that a lot of those goals would have been scored whether he's on the pitch or not so you need to have a bit of caution but i think however you slice it and even putting those caveats in place his his numbers are really impressive he's been involved you know we talked last week about they have started to score some goals from open play now which is encouraging to see uh all of them were open play in this game uh and you know it's three open play goals is you know is is as many as they'd had in the previous however many games so uh, but he's been involved in four of their last seven goals um in, in in some shape or form and that is just in terms of the goal or assist that's not even including ones where he might have been involved in the build up and We've talked about strikers before until we're blue in the face. We had we had a big conversation about it a couple of weeks ago as well, so maybe not dwell on it too much. But I think it is worth acknowledging that, that you know he's he's doing a good job at the moment, and you know two goals and an assist from his last his last two games, despite missed the penalty in there, is uh, is a good return in any striker's book, really. It is, and I I quite fancy him now. He's got six goals, and we're. <laughs> I think uh, he's got six goals. We're exactly halfway through the season. So, obviously, he's tracking to get 
12. I honestly think he could push on and get a couple more from there. And I think... I know he's a divisive player. We both know he's a divisive player, Steve, because every time we write about him, you see the comments or you see some of the comments online. and Less and less of it, to be fair. Yeah, but people... We talked about it when we chatted about the strikers the other week. People still have this perception of a 20-goal-a-season striker or nothing. That's all you can... <laughs> that's all, all that matters. I think the key thing with Danny Ward is at the moment, I think if you were to ask Carlos Corbran, who is perhaps his most important player as is, I think, bear in mind, he seems to not gloss over Lee Nichols, but like he says, if Lee Nichols is busy, then the rest of the team haven't done their job. I think Danny Ward is perhaps at the moment his most important player because he serves as not only the sort of focal point of his attack and as an outball, but he's also the first line of defence the way he sets up his press and when he's playing well he, he is integral you know he is integral to the town machine it, he hasn't played well every game this season neither of us are making that argument but at the moment credit start, where it's due he? he's he's yeah. doing his job that's it yeah he, he had a slow start to the season and you know we've we've criticized the town attack a lot and you know there's been uh there's been games where he's you know he's got a part to play in that as well you know he, he's he's got a part to play in that improvement but i think we're starting we're seeing that he is playing that part in in the improvement and yeah I think that's positive to say I think he'd probably I think I'd probably put O'Brien ahead of him as as sort of town's most important player but I think Danny Ward would certainly be in my sort of my top three at the moment um you know I think O'Brien overall maybe Danny Ward right this second um but yeah I I wouldn't argue with O'Brien overall at all yeah I think as well you mentioned Danel Sonani was playing off the left this time rather than off the right and I sort of had a look at what was what was different between the Coventry game and the Bristol City game because to be honest this starting point for this was was me tearing my hair out at Coventry about the gal farm groan that was going up about you know uh, anytime they'd play sort of a backwards pass no matter how necessary it was fans would be tearing their hair out at it and it's like come on you need to have their 1-0 up have a bit, of, a bit of patience for God's sake and you know I had a look at the, the numbers in terms of sort of the passing stats the, the areas of the pitch they had the ball the player positions the, the you know the average touch positions and they're all almost exactly the same like you, you could they almost could not be more similar if they had tried um, between the Coventry and Bristol City games except for three players and if you look at the position map it's almost uncanny that eight of the players are pretty much exactly where they were uh, against Coventry with the three exceptions which are um, uh, Harry Toffolon played sort of 10 yards higher the reason for that is because Danel Sinani was sort of inside basically right behind Danny Ward where Josh Caroma had been out on the left wing in front basically where Toffolo ended up against uh, against Bristol City and as a result of that Danny Ward was playing sort of further to the, to the left he'd, he'd sort of gone out to the right wing an awful lot against Coventry not necessarily a bad thing you know he was about as far left uh, against Bristol City as, he's, as he was right against Coventry but just those sort of three players being in slightly different positions I think tactically made a big difference obviously you know Bristol City were, were not as good on the day anywhere near as good on the day as Coventry either which is probably as a bigger factor than anything tactical but I think Sinani and and Holmes looks like to me their best their best partnership alongside Ward or behind Ward more accurately because when those two play they're more like number tens and I think they had that you know we talk about the front seven all contributed and I think it's not coincidental Dwayne Holmes was talking after the game that they'd been working on playing from side to side because they knew if they could get it from one flank to the other quickly enough they could create problems for Bristol City and I think we we saw that I commented in my report straight after the game before I even heard sort of Dwayne's 
comments and it was you know just having that extra man in there Sonali who is looking to receive and give passes rather than a Karoma who is there to receive the ball and he's looking for shots all the time I think made a big difference tactically in this game it's not going to be right for every opponent but in this game it was absolutely what they needed yeah it's no surprise that Danny Ward's best football as a striker purely in striking terms always comes when he's got players closer to him that's that's it's not a you know they've not captured magic in a bottle have they it's just very simple terms he needs somebody to work off and somewhere near him for for him to make runs and find a little bit of space and I think you're right I think Sonani and Holmes are the two best options there because they both do significantly different jobs so Sonani is a very forward thinking player coming off either side whereas Holmes gives you a little bit more defensive solidity and can come from a little bit deeper to which just ties defenders up in a different way and after the commentary game in print and on here we were both saying the same thing which is town need to start asking some different questions and they found a way against Bristol to ask a couple of different questions and that's what they need to do going forward and that was it was very good to see to be honest. Now you and I were sitting here last week saying they need to make changes you know they need to look at whether they need to change personnel whether they need to change shape there wasn't really a change of shape here that they other than I guess it was a sort of a subtle tweak in more than anything putting Sonani in meant as we say that they were less 3-4-3 and more like a a 3-4-2-1 than anything else and um, it it worked a lot better is is there something to be said are we sort of eating humble pie a little bit here because we've been saying they need changes they've made one change it's had a profound difference and Gorbran has shown that if you you know there is wisdom to the idea that if you do plan a better you can get different yeah no I think there is a little bit of that but before before we just sort of say it's all down to that I think you have to look at the context and I think the context of this game is they go 1-0 down in the second minute Yeah, they miss a penalty a couple of minutes later they have to get on the front foot and uh, like you can stay in the same shape and just make a couple of a, a tweaks but if your mindset is completely different that is a huge change isn't it you know there, there is a huge yeah, there is a huge change between clinging on against Coventry and trying to get something out of the game against Bristol they're, they're two two very different places to play your football from so yeah I it's and I think this the sort of subtle tweaks are actually quite big tweaks because you know we bemoan the fact that sort of opposition analysts can town make it very very easy for them or have made it very easy for them so even just a few subtle tweaks suddenly alters the game plan in quite a radically different way so yeah I I think there's probably a little bit of aspect of, of both sides really but what what town need to do is they need to follow this up again they need to get back to to bouncing back and the way to do that if I'm honest is to sort of go into that Blackpool game as though they're 1-0 down from the first minute yeah yeah I, I, I agree I think it I think that that game situation is is a big thing I, I think it didn't look like they were you know pushing men forward pushing more men forward than the than was the plan I think they as you say it probably just sort of gave them that bit of focus that okay we really need to be on the attacking plan here like we have to be on the front foot we have to get a goal here you know there was no they it sort of forced them to be brave didn't it because they, yeah, they had risks. sort of nothing to lose at that point yeah exactly and you hope that might be a bit of a lesson to them as you say that you know that they can take that into other games and go oh look what can happen when we are willing to be bold and, and be brave and you know I think I think Sorber Thomas sort of in, encapsulates that as well I think there was sort of a, a new determination in town in this game I think you could see that they were 
as you say, I think we know, don't we, that, that the criticism has stung a few in the camp and uh, from, from us and from the fans. And I think that that has been a bit of a, a spur for them. It, I think it's had, you know, I think there's there's two ways you can go. You can either sort of crumble under the pressure of that kind of thing or you can use it as a spur to, to drive you on to do better. And I think I think we're seeing from likes of Harry Toffolo and Sorba Thomas in particular, I would sort of single out those two as players who I think we've seen a notable difference and improvement in the way they've played over the past couple of games and I think that is you know Sorba Thomas I think his deliveries against Coventry were poor but I I commented in the play ratings I did for that game that he looked a lot more determined he looked like he was um, he looked like he was playing in you know for a place in the World Cup final kind of thing you know playing for playing for the shirt he was he was sort of going into every 50-50 he was you know he was making a more concerted effort to, to try and beat players in particular try and, and get them on, on into a foot race and get past them and I I think that is something we had seen Sorba Thomas doing when he was full of confidence earlier this season and was had started to as his confidence had sort of dipped was starting to find it more and more difficult to 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 get himself up to doing those things and you could see against Coventry for me he was trying to force himself into making those runs and making those tackles um and it wasn't always coming off but I think Bristol City he does the same thing again and and his effort is is rewarded this time and again I think it's maybe sort of They've had a bit of a bit of stick over the past few weeks, and I think now they've got uh, a lovely bit of carrot out of this game. Yeah, and uh, like it was great to see him with space in front of him again because we know that's what he really, really likes. And the the third goal sort of encapsulated that really. And yeah, it, more than anything, I just think I just think he found his touch again, Steve. If I'm brutally honest. Yeah. He, yeah. he yeah. the thing that has deserted him in recent weeks is. He is he's in a literal sense struggled to control several of those sort of out balls that earlier on in the season he was he was getting a decent touch on and, and sprinting on and I, I felt that was back and he just looked a lot sharper I, I feel like a couple of weeks where you know no having mid-week no midweek game has benefited him enormously um, and he, he felt like he was back to the Sorba Thomas of old and hopefully that continues against Blackpool too but Sorba's another one it, it's I think Sorba likes players close to him and he likes the reason is because he likes them coming inside and creating a little bit of space for him basically and I just felt that like the commentary game and a few others in the Middlesbrough game it's all felt like people were doing individual jobs and this felt like far more of a team performance where everybody was sort of doing their own job but also very aware of how they could help other people around them and create a bit more space and and have people to play off and that was a big difference I think and a very a significant one as well going forward that's exactly that's exactly the area they need to sort of fine tune if they are to take it to the next level which you know they're sat in 10th at the moment that's not by accident halfway through a season they they have to look they have to be looking upwards at this point not the other way I think Holmes was giving him someone to to play off but I, weirdly I think his silver's best moments were actually when he sort of didn't have anyone near him it was a couple of balls that he played inside to Danny Ward um, that, that I think one of them helped create the, the move that led to the penalty where he sort of came inside and then the other one was in the build up to Sinani's goal he, he came you know went up the right and then found Ward in space in the middle with a, a lovely pass that he sort of took early rather than running in and trying to get the cross he, he found he saw that Ward was in space and moved it into him and then they moved it across to Sinani so um, yeah I, I, as I say I think he's much better 
better. It's that that thing we've said with Silver Thomas, where he wants forty yards to run into mm. and not not ten yards to to run into. And you know, Bristol City gave him that space. I don't think most other clubs will be uh, will be watching that game and thinking, oh well, we can give Toffolo and Thomas plenty of room in that case. You know that they're going to have to be more careful. And Town probably need to adapt now. You know, we know that Neil Critchley is uh, you know is a very savvy manager and he'll be coming away from home. And I'm sure sort of his plan A, having looking at those highlights, will be okay. We need to stop Toffus and Tomolo. Toffus and Tomolo. Toffus yeah. and Tomolo. Uh, Thomas and Toffolo. But, uh, you know, if Town are a bit savvy, then I think they almost need to be thinking a step ahead and thinking, right, well, if they do do that, who is likely to have the space and how do we get it to them instead? Mm-hmm. You know, are there going to be more opportunities for, for Dwayne Holmes or for Danal Sinani? But again, I think that was the positive of this game is that, you know, as we say, everyone contributed. Everyone in that front seven uh, made, you know, a significant contribution to, to the result. And, you know, they've conceded two goals and I don't think either of them were particularly great goals to concede but I think after the past few weeks and after how much we've complained about their lack of nous and savvy and flair in attack I think you almost particularly away from home look at look at the th- the three in the goals for column more than you do the, the two in the against column on this occasion don't you yeah definitely definitely they 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 had to get three points from this game or I think the pressure going into that Blackpool game would have been immense and they've done it they're coming up against the Blackpool side who who they like to set up I don't I don't want to say sort of old school because that sounds slightly insulting but they do tend to set up in a either a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1 and they try to control the game um, so I, I would imagine they're coming and they're going to sit in a low block and they're going to try and stop the space they'll probably double up on Sorba and they'll let Town have the ball but this is exactly the sort of performance you want to come off going into that game and just be full of confidence and, and just go for it really and yeah creating that space is going to be absolutely vital against Blackpool um, I think I th- I was worried at one point Steve I'll be honest I think we both were after that Coventry game we were seriously worried that if they didn't beat Bristol and then they struggled against Blackpool the pressure really was going to be through the roof and, and probably deservedly so so we couldn't have made it a case for it to be any other way. So the fact they've got this three points, but they've also got a performance as well. It's not a Preston mm. one nil. They they put together a very competent eighty four minutes after the penalty miss. Really, I think is very significant and important. And they really need to use this game as a platform. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's there's going to be some new code regulations for, for fans to get used to. I think we should talk about this. If you've been to any gigs or anything like that, you might be familiar with the COVID passports. If you went to uh if you travel to the cardiff game as well you might be f- familiar with it so you need to have your, your nhs app get registered get your covid pass to show that you've been you've been double vaccinated or that you're exempt uh there's information on the club website you can get a paper pass although i think might struggle to get that for christmas now but i think you know with the earlier you apply the the better still uh for future games if you if you go on htafc.com they will they have the full details on there of what the protocol is what i would say is make sure you get to the ground earlier than you normally would because um you know we the, the queues are going to be longer than than they have been this season because everyone's going to have to have their their pass checked it's almost like you know it's if you imagine how long it takes to to do your ticket just add you know double that for every single fan going through the turnstile there's there's going to be queues so get there good and early i believe that they're going to be opening opening the gates at, at, at 1 p.m on, on boxing day so um i think particularly for this first game while people 
people are getting used to it. There's going to be lots of people faffing about getting their passes out, but if you can, uh, I've been in queues recently where the thing that made the big difference was just having a steward going down the line saying, get your passes ready now, well before you actually get door. So I'd advise uh, people to do that as well and to encourage uh, people in the queue to get their passes ready uh, well before they get to the to the gate. Uh, and also make sure you're able to, to get your COVID pass, even if there's no phone signal, you can download it as a PDF, you can print it out. Um, that there's you can you know you could email it to a friend whatever um there's options there if you've not got any signal so just uh be prepared for that is what i would say um i mean it's a strange situation at the moment isn't it dave we're lucky that we've got a game to talk about from from this weekend at bristol city because I, you know i wasn't able to be there you know cases are spiking the new variant is causing problems and there's been lots and lots of postponements uh, as it stands the blackpool game is going to be on blackpool played at the weekend as well so and the town you know that they thankfully seem to have sort of swerved uh, a lot of the issues that other clubs have had in terms of player absences uh, but uh, yeah it's uh, it's a bit uncertain at the moment I mean they've announced this morning that, that games in Wales are going to be played behind closed doors again possible that we could be heading that way ourselves in England as well yeah uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a small price to pay to to keep games on at the moment just for a few weeks because I don't like neither of us. You'll be unsurprised to know this, but neither of us are experts on viruses no. and uh, etc. But I think the thing that everything you read about the new variant is the problem is very immediate and not necessarily a massively long term one. As long as we you know people get boosters etc. and they're sensible, so it would seem a fairly sensible move to maybe look at a few weeks of games behind closed doors it's not something any of us particularly want me and you know what behind closed doors games feel like and they are they are very different they are there is a different sense of consequence to them i think town really suffered playing behind closed doors if i'm brutally honest with you so i would hope it doesn't derail anything from that point of view but i think that is coming i think it's almost inevitable at this point and we just have to sort of take it on the chin none of us can really do anything about it is the thing at the moment and i think if you're sensible as you said have you have your covid pass and everything ready if if you do want to come to a game while you can you can't we can't really do any more than that um it's very much a wait and see situation isn't it yeah the the fl said and the Premier League have said that they're sort of determined to just keep going with the, the full schedule as it as it is and not postpone games which I can understand to be fair. Well the, the, um, the, it's not oh, it should be said that's not some wonderful act of altruism or anything like that it's basically no, because they not. are desperate to give the England team and others unofficially but what they're really bothered about is the England team they want to give them a full summer off essentially after a couple of mad years because we have this Winter World Cup and they really don't want the season in, in free on the summer in any way so and I, I kind of get that to be honest with you because there's an awful lot of footballers who've played an awful lot of football over the last couple of years in mm. at particular times when they shouldn't pre-seasons have been weird I think there are every club needs to have a proper and full pre-season so I completely understand the sort of drive and the need to have a to keep the schedule going whether fans are there or not and I don't think that priority is going to change either Steve if I'm brutally honest with you I, I think that the desire to keep ploughing through and play games will be there throughout it's just whether fans get to see them or not yeah that's it obviously if there's any sort of changes in in the status we'll obviously keep you updated on examinerlife.co.uk or follow at examinerhtafc but I think for the time being we're sort of building up to the game as usual on Sunday 
Uh, just <laughs> until we hear otherwise, essentially, because what other choice do we have? You know, that there's there's pointless sort of speculating about what might happen in terms of lockdowns or because we know from experience that these things happen very suddenly and uh, sometimes they don't go the way you expect them to, etc. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Neither of us here to have any sort of special knowledge on this. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was quite interesting that there's already been several very prominent journalists who've said that if they do move behind closed doors in the Premier League, then immediately every game is going to be available to watch on television again. So I do wonder if there's preparations being made potentially for iFollow to follow the same route. I've no idea, no inside knowledge on that at all, but I would have thought they'll move very, very quickly if the situation does change very, very quickly. And you'll find out likely at the exact same time we do anyway. That's it, yeah, exactly. We, 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 yeah, we don't get any advance notice on this in the media, uh, really, in terms of sort of, you know, the governmental level lockdown, things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough game, as you say, Blackpool, you know, the, the, I think the scoreline sort of didn't reflect the the actual action in the last game weirdly you know town had had that blitz after half time but i thought that that it had been sort of quite an even game up till that point and um they're certainly i know they're a newly promoted side but i don't think they're they're pushovers you know that they're, they're 13th in the table they're only three points behind town and you know realistically they could be uh ahead of them you know come come the end of sunday if, if town aren't careful so it is a a, a tricky game that isn't it really it is and it's going to be a low block team which we know town struggle against but it does feel different after this win that's that's the thing i think yeah. if if they hadn't got anything from that game on Saturday and then they were coming into this game I'd be slightly fearful if I'm brutally honest with you but now it feels a very winnable game to me I think the the key thing is to try and get that early goal because if Town do get an early goal Blackburn's uh, Blackburn Blackpool's main plan crumbles immediately so yeah just get on the front foot go at them be nice and confident look for the space and yeah I, I think it's very winnable yeah. so a bit of a change of, of proceedings this week obviously with it being Christmas on Saturday so we're going to have the press conference on Thursday so we should have any uh, injury news etc out of that and then obviously going into the game on on Sunday and I think next week's podcast Dave you and I we're going to do a bit of a year in review thing after we look at the Blackpool game itself aren't we yeah and there's there's plenty to talk about it feels like it's been a very long year yeah it, it has if you're looking for any last second guess if you're listening to this on Dave released probably within the first couple of hours of release you might just be able to get an order in with Oakley Books Dave is that right uh, I don't it, the post service has not been been particularly helpful this year so I don't know but I would say our entire range as loath as I am to to push them our entire range is on online at Amazon who will be able to fulfill that and other titles from maybe pitch publishing about Bobby Robson's time as England manager if you were looking for that sort of thing Ah, tell us more about that Silver Linings never heard of it mate there you go it's a it's a great book get it uh, for if you're looking for a last minute gift for someone you know if they're not a town fan even you know it's all about England or you know there's plenty of good books on from Ockley Books as well available and if I can just plug one more time as well look we're obviously not going to get to uh, the 12,500 or the, the £25,000 total on com where we're raising funds for the Welcome Centre and um, so no back tattoo for me um, but any donations are gratefully received and who knows maybe if we once we're past the deadline on Enter Boxing Day maybe we'll look at whether there are other targets that we can go for so yeah 
keep your your eyes peeled for that dave thanks for joining us merry christmas uh merry christmas to you listeners as well i hope you have a good one as and uh and a safe one and and hopefully as normal as it can possibly be and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye (laughs) 